What is up, everybody, and welcome back to another very special episode of the Neon Belly Podcast. We are your hosts, Nate, John, and Brandon. And boys, do we have a very special guest today with us. He is a Brazilian jiu-jitsu black belt. Uh-huh. He else? is a veteran mixed martial artist uh-huh. with 27 professional bouts. Oof. He was a season 12 uh, competitor all the Ultimate Fighter. He trains out of Gaha, uh-huh. Brazilian jiu-jitsu and MMA right here in Kokomo, Indiana. And he will be fighting this Saturday, April 2nd at Coliseum Combat 59 in Lafayette, Indiana. Boys, he is Daniel. <laughs> Dad bod head. Yeah. What's up, boys? What is what up, is buddy? What is going on, man? How are you doing today, man? Oh, man, today has been a crazy day. Yeah. I, it was late getting here. It's all right. I, it was late getting the kids from school. It's just been off all day. Yeah. But daylight savings, But man. you're here. I'm here. And you're yeah. ready to go. Got a week left till weigh-ins. So yep. Yep. Pretty, so so this is, we're doing this Friday before the fights. This will come out Wednesday. So like when this comes out, we'll be like three days removed from the fight. So, and you are fighting Matt Perry. Yeah. A guy you know, kind of, right? You guys yeah. kind uh, of train together. I used to train full-time down in IBJJ in Greenwood. And he was one of the guys that was in there every day with me for years. Like, when he was first starting out was when I was kind of first getting ready to go pro. So, we were around mm. the same little timeline. Nice. So, as we, I mean, you've had a lot of fights. You've been fighting for a long time. We went back and looked at your record. You've been fighting a long time. Um, you know, we worked together. You got a good job. You got a family. Why another fight? Because you've retired before, you know. So, what what is it that keeps the dad bod going now? Oh, there's a perfect storm that had to happen. This wasn't like... I didn't want a cage fight. I don't want to do MMA. Yeah. But, like, honestly, mixed between, you know, just life circumstances getting different and mm-hmm. needing to change things up or just do anything. And old boy posted some stupid shit on Facebook, man. <laughs> Sorry yeah. about the language. but I mean, No, like, no, you good, say what yeah. you want. Say what you want. Just don't yeah, be racist. Yeah. He, was, he was just posting some really dumb stuff talking crap about his dad publicly and like i don't know what their deal is i don't know what's going on in his life sure but his dad's always taking pictures and like he's standing side by the cage at like most of the fights i've had mm-hmm. dating back to 2011 or 12 when matt showed up at the gym and i was already there like when he started training with us his dad was taking pictures and he's done video like everything mm-hmm cool dude i don't know like i said i don't know him like on a real personal level i haven't even seen him in a couple of years probably okay. but Stars just pissed up. me off and i was just like man this this motherfucker and you're just always ready to go <laughs> i just wanted to hit him and i told <laughs> i was at slater's card shop when i saw it yeah i was like man i just want to hit him in the mouth and then i go home and he's calling out bobby emmons and every old retired dude there is like i'm sure. old but I'm only 35 those yeah. dudes are like 40 calling out terry house like people that beat him mm-hmm and he wants to get the loss back, I guess. I don't know what he's dealing with. Um, yeah. He's off in New York. Like I said, just a bunch of ignorant Facebook posts in my sure. timeline all day long. 
while I was at work because he was just up at weird hours just being crazy. Mm, that's and it worse. made me mad. It, tell Slater you'll punch someone in the face and he's going to like hit you up the next day, I swear. <laughs> oh, yeah, Heck, those yeah. late night work, scrolling through scene stuff can definitely get you. And it was got that itch going again. And it, like I said, it's not. I don't want to do MMA. It's not fun. Like it's a, It's not been a fun training camp. I was off the couch, like not ready to go. Sure, feeling a lot better now. Thank goodness. But mm-hmm. yeah, uh, literally like dealing with a breakup and a move, and I'm just in my own apartment, just bored out of my mind. Mm-hmm. Like, well, I might as well do something. I guess later <laughs> hit me up about a fight. I might as well yeah. just do it. There's worse yeah. outlets. Yeah, that's a good point, especially when you're in an apartment alone or whatever. Yeah. And if I knew if I signed the fight, I wouldn't like partake in some of my bad habits that I've already got. So. Sure. It's like, well, you know, nice. I'll well, put down a bottle and pick up jogging for a month. <laughs> it's not gonna hurt me. <laughs> not the worst thing. I love it. I love it. Well, so you you kind of mentioned there, but we want to ask about the early days of your training because. Um, you like Gaha hasn't always been here in Kokomo. Um, so just kind of talk about like those early days and how it all started for you back then and where your travels and all that stuff. Well, 19 year old Dan was like arrogant prick. I won't even lie. That's how I got started in fighting was I watched the ultimate fighter on TV my senior year season one of tough comes out and like me and my buddies had already been buying pride DVDs right before it came out. But it was like, Man, I could do that. And they're like, yeah, you could. I'd never been in a street fight in my life. Never hit anybody, never done anything. Just, I could do that. Mm-hmm. So, like, the next year, I'm over at Ball State. Like, football didn't pan out how it was supposed to. Really wasn't digging the college scene. Like, going to class, like, I could pass a test. But if you don't show up for class and they got an attendance policy, I had, like, you know, two A's and a B, and then I had three F's yeah. in my first semester. <laughs> and I'm like, okay, obviously I'm not – I'm not cut out for this. I need to figure something out. Sure. So I was like getting ready to come back home and didn't know what to do. Just kind of sitting in a dorm room with my buddy. It's like a Wednesday. He's like, Hey man, how much do you weigh? I'm like, I don't know. 195 pounds. He's like, man, can you make 170 by the Saturday? There's an opening in this cage fights. And I'm like, shit, I could lose that easy. Let's do it. <laughs> and I'd literally been to three judo classes at the ball state judo club. Yeah. No kidding. Yeah. There's, I mean, there's two black belts in the room, both of them, like, at least 55, 60 years old. Yeah. Uh, everybody else in there is kind of like a nerd and a gee. <laughs> Literally. That's, I mean, that's all yeah. I saw. Like I said, arrogant prick walking in this room. And I was, like, a pretty decent wrestler. It wasn't great, but I was, I was pretty solid, and I was, like, 200 pounds jacked. Like, yeah. So I just walked in there and started just bodying people up. (laughs) His black belt comes out, and I'm like, oh, shit, this is the best dude in the room, right? He's got a black belt on. That means I'm getting ready to get launched. Yeah. Nah, I got belly to belly and just suplexed the shit out of this guy, and then they kicked me out. (laughs) It's like my third day of being there, and I'm like, what are you doing? Like, that's what we're supposed to do. And they're like, no, you don't go that hard. And I'm like, all I've ever done is wrestle, and I told you that, like, you got yeah. mad at me for doing double legs, so I started going body locks. I'm I'm trying to work with you, but <laughs> yeah, like I haven't even got my gi that I ordered. Like I gave you guys yeah. fifty bucks for a gi. I donated plasma to get a gi. Oh man, right? Like the struggle broke. Yeah, gas, gas is like four bucks a gallon almost. You know? Yeah, because it was like times are now, and I'm just poor. I can't even drive back home most weekends. So it's like trying to find anything on campus to do. Sure, mm-hmm. got kicked out of judo. The next week, right after I was kicked out of judo, like we made up this bullcrap resume saying I'd done ninjutsu 
jujitsu, like everything. Yeah. If it was a martial art we'd heard of, <laughs> you've done it. Man, it was on Wang my list. Chung. Exactly. We had everything you can think of. The dudes were making fun of me in my first fight video, actually, the commentators. Uh-huh. They're going back now. Oh, he's in new jitsu. Hopefully he doesn't. Have, and I'm wearing these little spandex shorts I got from Walmart, <laughs> yeah. looking like Ken Shamrock. <laughs> yeah. And uh, they're like, oh, maybe he's got some ninja stars hidden in his. Oh, no. I didn't know what any of it was. <laughs> yeah. I'm fighting some blue belt from Eve Edwards camp from Texas. Okay. He's supposed to be getting a title shot against one of my buddies now, Justin Curtis. And like, they're just feeding me to this wolf. Mm-hmm. Some. Badass thirty-year-old army ranger, and here's nineteen-year-old me. Just comes in and double legs him to death. Got put in like every submission ever, but I'm too stubborn to like tap or go to yep. sleep. So I just kind of like Mark Coleman to dude, basically. Yes. You know what I yeah. mean? Nice. And you know, it worked. I got up. I'm the. I won my first fight. This is awesome. Yeah. So they're like, dude, will you fight again? Like in a month? I'm like, yeah. <laughs> so I come back a couple. You know, it's like six weeks later. They got a show. And there's a show the following week in Lafayette, and I'm signed up to fight on both because I don't know any better. I've still never trained a day in my life. Kind of bullshit my way through those. You know, yeah. the first guy went to a decision. The next two, they should have never been in a cage. And, like, sure, that's kind of like Donkey Kong to me. You know what I mean? Yeah. Didn't, didn't know what I was doing, but you're allowed to head kick people on the ground at nah, that time. Yeah. You only get one. Dark once. days. One soccer kick to the head when you're standing in front of them. It was the dumbest rule I've ever. You could only do one. (laughs) Make it count. And it's not when they're turtled up. Only if you're standing by their legs. So you have to pass their legs by in soccer kick, or you can go for a stomp. What? Like a head stomp. Now this was pre-sanctioned, right? Pre-sanctioned. Okay. Oh yeah, this is 2006. Turns off the books. (laughs) This is 2007. We call these Amies. Yeah, it was crazy. Like, that's nuts. You didn't. You didn't have to have blood work, which my dumbass didn't even realize. Whoa. Like how yeah. dangerous that really is. <laughs> yeah. Because like some days your dude would pull out and they just like say, "Hey, you're fighting this guy," oh. and you're just like, "Okay." Well. And it's some dude who's like 180 pounds. You're supposed to be 170. You've cut all this weight, and you're like, "Oh, I'm fighting." I sold 200 tickets. Yeah. He just graduated high school, and everybody's like. Yo, that crazy dude we went to school with this cage fight. Yeah. <laughs> you see him get beat up. Uh, yeah. yeah. Right. <laughs> Half the people that went probably did want to see me get hit in the mouth. <laughs> yeah. and I just was too stubborn to, like, yeah. lose. Right. But, yeah, so James Klingerman was the ref that fight, mm-hmm. my third one. So, like, I've had two fights for the first promotion, elite cage fighting, and then this is Cage Rage, which is a big deal. They had all these famous pros fought on their cards back then. So, like, the promoter gives me this whole spiel. You know, this is how awesome our show is. We can get you big time if you want to go big time. It's like, cool. Yeah. Uh, My plan is to, like, win the belt. I can beat Matt Hughes. Yeah. And he's like, okay, (laughs) settle down, young blood. Yeah. All right, no, I'm serious. I'm going to fuck up everybody you got. Send me whoever you want. They get some guy who's had like five fights for my first fight with the show, and he was okay, but just like I said, Donkey Konged him. Yeah, it's like a first round TKO. And after the show, they're like, "Hey, man, that guy that refed your fight, he's like really badass at jujitsu." And I'm like, "Okay, he don't look like much, whatever." And I'd already trained at the gyms that the people were fighting on that first show, mm-hmm. and I went in there and was like the best guy in the gym at every one of them. So I didn't ever go back. I'm not going to drive an hour and a half. To be the best dude there. Right. It doesn't make sense. And mm-hmm. I lived in Kokomo. There ain't anything in Kokomo. I hadn't met up with any of the teams out of Muncie yet when mm-hmm. I was living at Ball State. Mm-hmm. 
because they actually had some like really tough dudes out of Muncie back then. Mm-hmm. And was Max? Uh, was he in there? Max was training with James. So okay. I, I mean, Klingerman, right? Max Burt, who he's talking about out of yeah. Muncie. He's like the best dude at jiu-jitsu in Indiana. Mm-hmm. I mean, honestly, if you're in Indiana and you're around Muncie, go train with Max one time and just uh, yeah. feel what that gorilla of a human <laughs> is yeah. like. It is crazy. So, <clears throat> all right, yeah, I'll show up at your gym. So I drive to Klingerman's. This is like the beginning of June 2007. Okay. My first day, it's a Monday. You get 30-day free trial. I'm like, bet, because I can't afford these prices. Like, <laughs> right. Driving from Kokomo already, it's Was expensive. he still in, in Greenwood? Yeah, he's in Greenwood. Okay. Yeah, his gem's been on the same little strip of road. Really? Since forever. So I show up and uh, get caught in a Bravo Darts. Don't know what it is, and I wake up. <laughs> like, hey, man, you got a tap. I'm like, I didn't even know I was getting choked unconscious. Like, it was so subtle. I've been there. <laughs> yeah. So, like, you know. Okay, well, that's like the owner of the gym. Sure. Shit happens, right? Like, I go with the next guy, caught in the same exact move. <laughs> Wake up again. Out again. <laughs> like I said, I didn't, I didn't even oh, know I'm going no. out. Like, yeah. I don't know. You guys, you guys doing magic? Because, like, in my head, I'm like, I can breathe. Yeah. But my blood was cut off, and, like, I'm not really used to this going on. Not used to going to sleep. Yeah. It's like, oh, shit. And then it happens again. <laughs> Three times? <laughs> My very first time training. Yeah. Oh, yeah. They were making... James uh, said they all went to lunch afterwards, and they made fun of me. Oh, and in, in that third fight, James... So, like, they're supposed to supply his gloves, and then when I get there, I guess somebody would stolen the box of gloves, so they didn't have them, and... Uh, like, okay, well, I've only got these bag gloves. They had a metal bar in them. They're Chuck Norris gloves you buy at Dunham's oh with a metal bar. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> right? That is so... <laughs> like, I show him to the promoter, and he's like, yeah, you can wear those. And he's just like, <laughs> yeah. you're not allowed to open open hand hit anybody. You can't open Ooh, hand hit Yeah. Him. So I get in the cage, and then Klingerman's like, man, you can't fight in these, you dumbass. Like, straight up in the cage tells me that, and I'm like, dude, I don't know. I'm just here. <laughs> like, so for street fights <laughs> I'm just here So oh Klingerman gets a pocket knife From one of the dudes sitting cage side That like put the cage together And like cuts these bars out of the gloves Oh my So God. the show's waiting like five minutes Because I was second one to come out <laughs> And like cuts these bars out of my gloves And like okay here we go so Beat him And then like I tell him like Yeah that was me you cut the bar Because he's like you look familiar I'm like uh-huh. yeah I met you like two weeks ago Okay And he's like <laughs> this guy <laughs> This is that dude I told you guys about the Just box. the Chuck Norris So they're like Making fun of me To my face We haven't even oh, Rolled yet no. And then I get put to sleep Three times And they go to line. That dumbass from Kokomo He yeah. thinks he's cool Because he won Three cage fights He'll never be back And I came back The very next day And I told my buddy Like hey We're gonna like Take a shower They got a shower back there So we're just gonna Take a shower there And I'm gonna like Hang out in the car And then I'm gonna Train again at night Uh huh get most out of this 30 days because i'm scheduled mm-hmm. to fight for a title now yeah like i jumped the guy in line in my first fight and then got a couple more wins so like okay three and oh you can have a title shot yeah and klingerman's like man justin curtis is gonna kill this dude like they didn't tell me that yeah <laughs> but like they took everybody at the gym just knew i was getting my ass beat yeah and then like whole first round i got my ass beat right so like i'm trying i got one month under my belt we get there and the whole team's like we're going one and one today yeah and the dude who was like in a rematch with somebody he'd already beat got beat and they're like oh shit that was our one (laughs) we're going oh and justin curtis is like training with jack mcvicker and like they're like one of the best teams in the midwest at the time you know yeah 
like I say, beat me up the whole first round, had me in like three submissions and the guys on commentary talking about how, well, he's young, so I guess he's just got flexible joints. Like, <laughs> my arms are bent so far. It's ridiculous. Oh, and I'm just like an idiot, you yeah. know? Mm -hmm. Not going to tap. Not going to tap. He's got to break it. Yeah. Fucking dumbest thing you could do. <laughs> yeah. Like, I just dropped out of school like a month before, so I lost my dad's insurance. Like, <laughs> I was not in a place to let someone break my arm. Yeah. But... <laughs> I make it through the round, and then the second round starts. I think he's just kind of like, well, man, this dude's fucking crazy. Like, yeah, kind of in his head a little bit, and he takes a bad shot, and I hit a switch right into a rear naked, and it's just over. It's like, oh, shit. And James is like, oh, my God. <laughs> Nobody thought you were going to win. <laughs> I bet against you a lot. Like, like, my coach is telling me after the fight, none of us had a clue that you were going to win. And my mom tells him her favorite move because they did an interview with her before the fight. Uh -huh. and like, hey, you're Dan's mom. What's your favorite move? And she's like, I like the rear or bare naked choke. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So, like, that's that's our experience with fighting. I've watched a whole lot of DVDs. I've trained with Klingerman for a month, and he got me pretty okay for one month, but yeah. it's one fucking month. Right. Y'all have trained, you know. Mm -hmm, like, sure. hey. And that was just how it started, man. Just sitting in a dorm room one day to I meet up with Klingerman and he's like got the best team around. So I'm there all the time. Like Lytle and other dudes were showing up for jujitsu mm -hmm. with him and stuff. Mm -hmm. Cause he was the best coach at jujitsu around. Like, yeah. That's all there was to it. So how long, how long were you with him until Gaha? Like how long were you driving? Cause I, Man. I just think it's crazy that you were driving like an hour and a half hour and 40 minutes every day down and back each way. Well, you had, didn't you for a little bit, you were staying there. Like you I, slept moved down in, there. I moved down there. Yeah. I was okay. sleeping, you know, on people's couches and I, I stayed with James for a little bit. Um, but that was like 2007 when I was first getting started. And within a year, Klingerman mm -hmm. was basically like, man, you're broke. Um, if you let me like help manage your career a little bit and like work with you, I'll, I'll give you everything I've got to offer. Just let me use you as some promotion for the gym. Sure. We want you to compete in all the jujitsu tournaments. I'll help you with your fees. Cause like I said, I have money, you mm -hmm. know, my parents paid for a lot of my stuff too, but they basically were just like, you're coming from Kokomo, you know, and then people from the gym are like, you can stay with us. You can crash here instead of driving back and forth today. So Started off me just nomading around, and then there was a couple months stint where I moved in with this guy, and then I moved in with Klingerman for a little while. Just that's all I did, you know. Train things were going good. Uh, then I met a girl, and mm -hmm. like you know, got her pregnant, and that's when I started training back in Kokomo. Okay. I had started with Tony. I'm not sure exactly when they were doing it out of a garage, but then they actually put it in a gym and were doing it. Klingerman was like, "Hey, man." Anytime you can't make it here, you need to go here. Okay. Okay. And then I go in, and nobody knows what they're doing. And there's a dude who does, like, T-shirt chokes on no-gi days. Yeah. Like, he's going for <laughs> gi chokes with your T-shirt and just tearing my clothes up. And I'm pissed. I'm like, I don't want to. Like, I'm not a coach. Shirt. Like, I'm not a coach. But right. I kind of fell into the role, you know? Sure. He's the highest ranking guy there mostly i mean one guy was like a belt ahead of me a lot of times mm -hmm. but like i was the most did you have a belt at this point i had mma titles uh <laughs> but no like no when belt. when gaha started i was i was a blue okay. getting ready to get a purple and like i was a pretty back then i was like a lot better according to color than i am now like as a black belt <laughs> 
there's so many people out there that are just like they could just wax me. Well, the <laughs> so bad. Changed a lot since sure. It is a lot different. Yeah, it is. Um, just with leg locks and stuff like that. You know, when I first started, it wasn't even legal. Right. You could do them in MMA, but you couldn't do them in like jujitsu. Even as black belts, some tournaments then let heel hooks happen. Yeah. And now, like, there's if you don't have a decent uh, leg defense, yeah. you're in trouble. Yeah. So, I mean, you guys have all rolled with Kyle. You know what it's oh, like. Gosh. We're rolling old rules. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, right. You got to start saying that before you start. Yeah. So I was blue, getting ready to get a purple around the time. That was all getting started up. And then they had this this hardcore group of fighters in there too. So it really worked out in my favor when I wasn't able to go to Greenwood as much. You know, like I said, I started fighting professionally at that point and I had really good start going and then found out she was pregnant. And that's when, like, I started training more at Gaha full-time. But that's like when Ultimate Fighter debacle went down. That's when just everything blew up, and then it's like, okay, time to get a real job, you know? Yeah. Chrysler, and here we are today. I'm 35. I've been doing this for like 15, 16 years, and I've retired seven times probably. <laughs> I don't even know. <laughs> Last time that whole – I didn't even do it. Slater, like, told someone at the paper, and they gave me this huge old article about how I'm retiring and all this. <laughs> yeah. and it's like, Pulled the Tom Brady. Yeah. yeah. Farewell. Psych. Psych. I didn't mean, didn't mean for that to all go down, especially <laughs> not on this fight because I didn't train for that last one at all. I was – I signed up and was just like, yeah, I'm going to go after it, kind of like I did now. Off the couch, but I didn't get off the couch. Yeah, I just sat around and drank way too much, and then Sean Fallon just kind of beat. He's a killer. He's good. He's, yeah. But he was really nice to me. Like, I think he could feel that I wasn't me. Like, he, he trained with on me the in the past, yeah. and he knew this is like a really poor man's Dan. Uh, yeah. And he just choked me, like, yeah. the whole time. Yeah, put me I in remember a choke, that. Yeah, I was and I couldn't, like, get out, but I didn't tap. And then finally, at the end, like, he ended up tapping me with, like, his signature Bravo. But well, What's that that he held you in? Cause 100%. 100%. He's yeah. so good at that, too. Yeah, and just, like, had me in some weird spots. Yeah. Dude, he, like, really did something to my AC joint up in my yeah. shoulder. Like, yeah. Mm-hmm. My with that hundred percent, like he really like it popped it. Yeah. So then at the end, when he actually had me, I tapped because my shoulder was like grinding bones on bones Ugh. from where it was like just it wasn't like all the way out, but it was like out of place. It's enough. Yeah. I had this weird knot, and then it had to get like popped back in Ugh. to where it feels better. But yikes! But so, yeah, I've straight up. That's when I like. I was like, man, I should never fight again because I'm tapping to pain. That was not me. Like, mm-hmm, I was, before sure. Dad bought, I was the Honey Badger. Yeah, and I got that name because I was just stubborn. Oh yeah, mm-hmm. I don't even. I would go in, people beat the shit out of me, and then I would catch them in some yeah. shit. Like, <laughs> yep, it happened more than it should have. But you bleed a little bit, and then you get a dub. Yeah, like. I haven't been knocked out, you know, we'll knock on some wood because yeah. hopefully it doesn't happen this week, but yeah, you know, but, yeah, no, it's, it's, it's been crazy to see, uh, especially hearing you tell that story and then kind of seeing where we jumped in with him, um, mm-hmm. started watching you at the Coliseum stuff, but looking back at things, do you have like a, a technique or even just like something you wish you would have added earlier to your tool belt? Like when you're first starting, like whether it's boxing or maybe getting into jujitsu earlier or whatever it might be like just now looking at your game man i wish i would have like started boxing or something or muay thai or yeah 
every one of the guys in Greenwood was trying so hard to get me to focus on my stand-up. But, like, in my head, I just focused on jiu-jitsu hard. Mm-hmm. I would do the stand-up classes, but, like, I went home and I was, like, I don't even know how to see Like, if you play Tetris for too long, you know, like, you'll close your eyes and you'll see the pieces fall. And that's what mm-hmm. jiu-jitsu became. Right. I Didn't matter where I was. I was literally standing in the shower. I was here sleeping with your girlfriend. You're thinking about <laughs> passing guard. It didn't matter what <laughs> I was doing. It's like all I could think about. And I really wish I could have channeled some of that energy into the mixed part mm-hmm, of the martial mm-hmm. arts game. Because mm. it took me a long time to just sit down on punches. Like I would throw punches to set up takedowns. Mm. And every combo that I used, everything I did was solely to just grab you. Mm-hmm. That's not gonna work with everybody, and when people are like better than you at wrestling, it's not gonna. It's not the game plan you want, but sure. it didn't matter. I just was me. And this is what I did, and mm-hmm. eventually I learned and stopped. But it was you know when I was past my prime, and when I at one point I was like really good, mm-hmm. could have just done it for my whole life, and it would have actually worked out. But when everything happened, I like chose. I'm not going to risk right. whatever, getting insurance for these kids. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. I remember, it's funny you say like sitting down on punches, because I remember when you fought the dude from casting. I can't remember what his name was. <laughs> Pierce Overton. And Pierce, I remember you yeah. like um, sitting down on that right hand, and I was like, man, this is a, a way different day. And it's, I think you started working a little bit more with Richie at that point. Honestly, like the whole fight leading up to when I fought him, I didn't even go to Gaha, like ever. Mm-hmm. Um, I wasn't, I don't know. I got anxiety issues. So like I have a tough time, even like with this fight, I've like not been able to go be around people much. Mm-hmm. So sitting here doing this, tons of fun. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You're loving this. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it's not so bad. You guys are all cool. So yeah, yeah. it works out. You know, but. it's all love here. So how important is the mental side of things, getting you ready for a fight? Like, do you put as much into that as your physical? It's more important than physical because it doesn't matter how physically in tuned you get. Mm -hmm. If your mind's not right, like, your body doesn't perform. That's all there is to it. Right. And if you don't do things to make sure you're ready to go the right way physically, Mm -hmm. obviously your cardio will break or other things will break. But if your mind's not right before you get in you're gonna break right like unless you just get an easy dub happens mm-hmm. i mean you can go out and knock somebody out or something but when the grind comes in in the middle of the fight if your mind's not there you lose it and when mm-hmm. you lose scrambles you lose rounds and you lose decisions and you go from you know 10 and 2 to fucking 13 and 14 online mm-hmm. Actually, I have 28 pro fights. One of them's not on there, and I don't know why. Oh, really? But yeah, eh, is what it Tapo- is. We've, tapology kind of sucks, though, sometimes. It, they don't do the best. <laughs> Unsanctioned fights suck. You know uh, what I mean? Yeah, because like, like for you. If I send it in, because I've sent it in in the past, yeah. but like, you, I can't even find record of the event that I fought on. Yeah, yeah. so I, I tried to do some digging, because I knew you had fights before your pro what your pro record shows, and I just I could not find anything. You have to send in a 20 with it next time you submit it. Right. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, 10 amateur fights, and then all of those are pretty much listed, I think. But, yeah, it was freaking Wild Wild West days, man. It was not a real sport, (laughs) like, when I started doing it. I actually have that in my notes. I was going to ask you about the Wild Wild West (laughs) aspect of, you know, not knowing who you're fighting. Guys might be juiced. You don't know. 
Yeah. Oh, so many. People still do, mm-hmm. man. Because unless you're on, like, the big shows, they don't test for that. When they, like, drug test you with the way the gaming commission's set up, they're basically just making sure you're not a stoner or sure. on cocaine. You know, there are perf- things that could enhance your performance, I guess. But, right. I don't know. Weed. I got popped for it once. Not going to lie. Like, mm-hmm. With my finest moment, but and then come full it's circle like, now, man. it's the UFC is going to stop testing for yeah, it. Yeah, right. Well, exactly. It is what it is. Mm-hmm. You know, that I had to quit taking Adderall because, like, I'm prescribed it, so I don't take it leading up to fights ever. Mm-hmm. But if I take that, it shows up on my system, and then I'm like getting popped, and people are going to act like I'm trying to cheat. So I don't uh, yeah, I just don't take that it sucks. when you got a fight. But like smoking. That kind of was the only thing I could do when I didn't have the other. You know, it's mm-hmm. kind of hard to quit that stuff cold turkey. And right. Right. Just mess it with your head. So talking about the mental side of things, let's go back to the, the tough experience. Let's let's uh, let's talk about that. Boy, that was a tough experience. Well, let's, let's go from the beginning to start with just how that all kind of came together. Because, again, with the mental side of things, from my understanding, it was pretty much a whirlwind. So what was that like? Oh, well... From when I saw it on TV, I was just, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to be on that show, and I'm going to win that show. Like, I knew it. I don't know how, but I just knew. I watched it, and I was like, that's me. I could be entertaining for six weeks on TV. Yeah. I can pull this off. This would be fun. But, like, once I started fighting, racked up, like, 10 amateur wins, and I was going to Ultimate Fighter tryouts, but they wouldn't. I would do good at the tryouts. I'd be fine, but they'd be like, man, yeah. You don't have any pro fights. And the next time I went back, I had like two pro fights. And I'm like, dude, you're not 21. We're only taking people 21 now because we have problems with underage people. Okay, cool. And then you go back and they're like, okay, well, you need you need to get some more experience or whatever. So like on my fourth or fifth time of going to different cities, we went to Florida, we went to Chicago, we went to a few different places. And then they were doing uh, – What was the auditioning? Like, what do you, like, did they have you, like... You show up and you do a jiu-jitsu roll against some random stranger. Really? Uh, yeah. It's literally how they do it. Uh, we went to Boston the time I made it on the show. Uh, paired up against some brown belt from New York. And was he trying to get on the show, too, he or is trying somebody to get on the they show. bring in? Okay. No. So the UFC, the way they've got it set up is, like, with Tough, I don't know how it is now. I'm sure it's pretty much the same way, but... You got, like, Greg Jackson's. They'll be like, dude, you need to put this guy in there, and they'll sure. look at him or whatever. But they got a list of, like, half the names that they've already picked out right. for this weight class. And now these tryouts, they're going to pick okay. a handful of characters out of the crowd. Sure. But there's, like, 13, 1,400 people show up to this tryout mm-hmm. for, like, five, six spots on a show, you know? Yeah. And they start you off with a roll because you can't fake it. Either you got it or you don't. Sure. I've never rolled better in my life. I don't know. The stars aligned at this Ultimate Fighter tryout for me. I'm with pregnant girlfriend and my buddy Clint Macklin. He was like an amateur fighter and like one of my best friends back in the school days. Mm-hmm. So he's he finds it online because I don't I don't even have a computer if we're being sure. honest. So like he he finds this stuff online and it's like damn, there's a tryout going on. We need to go and it's like this weekend. So I sh- sure. So the bar that I was bouncing at here locally was like, hey, we'll sponsor your trip. Clint told us what you got going on. Just wear nice. some of our stuff, you know, next time you fight. I bet. <laughs> so the social sent me on to Boston with my buddy Macklin, and we got a hotel room booked online and just drove. We get to Boston. Go up. Alex uh, 
Caceres, mm-hmm. he was there, man. He was annoying the shit out of us. I'm not gonna lie, like yeah. <laughs> just yap 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 yap. And our and he's like real young, you know. This is a long time ago. Yeah. This is 2010. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So just this young kid, and he's just annoying. But like, it's like a lot of energy. Yeah. <laughs> Shoot. <laughs> he's got this Bruce Lee Roy outfit, you know. Oh gosh, yeah. So we're just going through it, uh, hanging out with freaking. Charles Crazy Horse Bennett, he yep. was there trying he was, out. Yep. So. He was there. Yeah, he was on there. Wow. So, like, it was cool. And then meeting a couple random UFC people. But then you go into your role, right, and everybody's talking about, oh, man, you got that dude. He's a brown belt from up by where I live in New York. And I'm like, oh, shit. So you're like a purple belt this time? Mm, blue or purple right around. I, I think I still might have even been a blue. But I had some, like, big jiu-jitsu wins. Like, I hit Dan Hornbuckle with a flying triangle, and it was right after nice. he got his big head kick in Japan. So, nice. like, everybody that was searching Dan Hornbuckle's head kick, the next video is <laughs> <What> you <laughs> Dan head flying triangles Dan Hornbuckle when yeah, you search for Dan awesome. Hornbuckle. Oh, so, man. like, he's got millions of views on this shit, but I've got a, like, jiu-jitsu video with, like, 100,000 views of this flying triangle, and it was Which dope. Which huge back then. Like, yeah, he yeah. came in, he hit this, like, high crotch on me and was, like, ready to just put me on my ass. And I just hop, catch it. It was perfect. It's awesome. Couldn't have, couldn't have gotten lucky, right? Like, just so perfect. Yeah. And it was all leading up right to when I got there. So we get to Boston. I go out there, and I'm like, okay, well, I got to put it on him. They tell you straight up, like, hey, no heel hooks. You know, don't do any leg stuff. We're not trying to get people hurt. And, like, you don't have to go for a tap. Just get them locked up in it, look over at the table, and then move on to the next move. We don't want to hurt anybody. Now, I guess they supposedly give, like, $100 per submission that you get. No kidding. They put you out there for, like, two minutes, and then, like, you get if I'd have been given money, I'd have won, like, <laughs> 600 bucks, homie. Yeah. Dude, I went out there and put it on this dude. Dang. I went neon belly straight to an arm bar. Shout out. Yeah. <laughs> I look over at Dana White, give him a wink, do that, let go of the arm bar, switch it up to a triangle. He's like, look at this. Flex cat. on him like I'm Nate Diaz. Wow. And this is before Nate was doing it, but I'm just like toying now. Yeah. And this is like the first 20 seconds. I'm just like, okay. I just broke this dude's sp- like spirit. Cause yeah. he's fighting hard in this triangle. And I'm like, all right, I'm just going to choke him until he can't move, and then I'm just going to, like, ragdoll him. Yeah. So, like, he's not wanting to tap, and I'm not trying to tap him, but I'm squeezing and choking to drain him, and then I let go, and I just poured it on him. I ended up sitting Indian style like I was, like, a meditating monk or something on his oh back. God. He's turtled up, and I sit Indian style, and I'm just, like, peacing out. And <laughs> Jeez, the, Dana write and it those dudes, dude, Dana and those dudes loved it. They're, like, laughing. They're like, oh, see this kid? Do you yeah. see this kid? And I'm like... 21, 22. Like, this is just me. Just like <laughs> murdering this guy. Yeah. And like I said, I hit him with like so many different things. It wasn't even like I just hit him with the back and forth with armbar triangles or something. I went armbar triangle, knee on belly, took his back, put him in a rear naked, flexing and posing for the people on the side. And this is all in like a three minute little roll. Like, mm-hmm. couldn't have asked for a better situation. Probably best. Probably best tryout of all time. It wasn't bad. Dana. After the Ultimate Fighter, like they were like, "What was your biggest surprise?" And he's like, "I was surprised that Dan Heck got his ass beat." Yeah, he talked all this crap, said he was gonna come in and win this show, and like at the tryouts, he looked great. Mm, yeah, that's why you have the fights. Yeah. Thanks, I guess. Yeah. You, said, you said my name. <laughs> Shout out. <laughs> but uh, so yeah, we get done with that. Then you do a little striking thing. Dude holds mitts, calls out combos. You hit it. That's mm-hmm. all there is to it. Basically. 
they just want to see if you're proficient at all. If you can't throw combos on some mitts, you can't do anything worth seeing, I guess. And then after that, you go and you start on your knees in the rule too. They don't do any wrestling. They try to keep yeah. it pretty safe because you just show up, you sign a waiver saying, I'm not going to sue you if I get hurt, but yeah. they still don't want to get anybody hurt and everybody's going to go hard. So right. they're doing mm -hmm. what they can. And uh, after that, you get an interview. My interviews went great in Boston. Like they loved me. I had I Love Head t-shirts for Dana and everybody that was there. And Dana's not even there for the interview part. He just watched the rolls and then he dipped. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Right? Like, he, he gives them papers to the Spike TV people. Sure. These are the guys that I want you to look at the hardest. But And they even told me that when I got in there. Dana loved you. Yeah. Just so you know. And I'm like, oh, he should. Everybody loves Head. And I can <laughs> go on this perfect. Yeah. You know? There's like two sides of me and I was the right one for then. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So, they're like, we're going to call you. Yeah. Next next thing you're going to do, you're coming to Vegas. You're going to do your drug tests. You're going to do physicals. We're going to make sure you got an MRI and everything's looking good. Bet. Go back. Takes a little while. I'm not allowed to take a fight because you can't risk a loss now. Yeah. Like they, if you take a fight and you win, cool. But if you get cut or you lose, and they don't tell you when they're going to start filming or anything. Mm -hmm. So I went home, getting broke. Like, crap. Then they're like, come to Vegas. All right, bet. So we go to Vegas, go through all those motions. But I was the exact opposite because now instead of being just like with my friends, hanging out with like my best buddy and meeting Crazy Horse Bennett and mm -hmm. my pregnant girlfriend's there just along for the ride having fun, now I'm in a car with a bunch of dudes getting ready to like go and do these physicals and like you're literally there with like a van full of people. So it's like 12 dudes yeah, and it takes an hour long per guy. There's like two people going at a time. So you're Ugh. there for like six hours straight at this hospital. Ugh. Just miserable. Yeah. And it was like before phones were cool enough to be sitting on the internet all the time. Right. You know, so not good in my spike interviews there. But Dana liked me, so I was an alternate. Uh, Ali Aquina broke his hand like a week so you before. Did, so when you say alternate, because you so you did not make you were not supposed no, to I'm be not, on that. I'm not supposed to be in the show. You didn't make the original cast. Nope. They told everybody the day I got told I was an alternate. So it's like it'd be four weeks out. They're like you're an alternate. So I signed okay. a fight right five weeks away. Yeah, you're an alternate, but. We're going to get you in next season. Okay. It'll probably be at 170, which will probably be better for you anyway because I was walking at like 195, 197 pounds all the time. Yeah. A uh, couple weeks go by. I'm training to fight at 170 against Jason Gillum, actually. Mm -hmm. And it's like, okay, I'm going to get a win over a UFC vet, and then I'm going to like just make it into the show, the UFC straight up, or I'm going to then go into the house, the show there. Either way, I'm going to be in there after this fight. They love me, whatever. I'm getting it. I'm getting it. And then I got a phone call. It's like Thursday night. They're like, hey, man, uh, dude broke his hand. Like I said, Ali Aquina, he was supposed to be on my season. Mm -hmm. He ended up coming back later. I'm like, fuck yeah, I'll be there. And they're like, how much do you weigh? 197 pounds? Uh, all right, well, we'll call somebody else, and we'll just get you in next year. No, no, no. I'll be there. I'll make weight. I'm like, okay, well, we'll bring in, we bring in extras just in case. Mm -hmm. So... I'm like, bet, but don't give my spot away. It's mine. Yeah. Lose 42 pounds in a week. You had a week? Yeah. Oh, it was Thursday night, and gosh. I had to weigh in the next Friday. 
So do all that. They fly me out to Vegas. Hold on, I, hold on, hold on, hold on. Oh, How did you lose? Like, gosh, what, what was dude. the process? Well, I stopped eating. <sighs> like, we were literally, like, sitting down to eat food. It's Thursday night. Yeah. And instead of eating, I gave my food to pregnant girlfriend and Clint. Oh. I was like, all right, I'm going to go for a run. And I just Jesus. left. Man. It was so jacked. I just freaking went on a run. I called yeah. up everybody I knew. It's like, hey, I need you guys to get me ready. Yeah. Uh, the One of my buddies from the casting plant, Casey Huffman, he was going with me every day and working out. And then I went to the wrestling room where I coached at Tri-Central and worked out with the wrestlers after mm -hmm. school every day. And then I went, uh, one of the guys from the gym had a sauna at his house and some wrestling mats. And we went over there every day. So I was doing like three days. I stopped drinking on Monday. So I went from Monday to Friday with no water. And... <sighs> Dude, I hate flying. I hate. Tra I just got off. Like, I just went on vacation, and I couldn't imagine like traveling. A f like that's like a four or five hour flight. Man, I thought I was gonna die. No, no the flight I have for a little bit. Yeah, like, no there food. were times I was passing out in the sauna, and they were like, "Dude, we." I was like, "Why didn't you put me back in?" They're like, "We couldn't get you awake. Oh. Like, you you've just been over here, and we could not. You you could not open your eyes." And I'm like. We got to get back in. <laughs> <laughs> and so then at the end of the week, it was like the kind of the opposite. We're trying to wrestle and I can't even stand up, uh, you know, going from wrestling mat to sauna to wrestling mat. Yeah. And, uh, literally like my 15 year old neighbor, one of my buddies, he's the reason I was coaching at the time. Like he's just waxing me. Like he's yeah. 135 pound freshman uh, and he's just murdering me. Like I couldn't move, but they're just pushing me around on the mat. Uh, Make sure I'm sweating a little bit and then throwing me in the sauna. So you get out to Vegas after all this. Oh, yeah. It was the worst. So get to Vegas. Uh, we get there on Thursday. I check my weight. I'm like 158. Like, okay, that ain't bad. I only got to, if I don't do anything, if I just don't eat or drink or do anything, I'll be able to get on the scale tomorrow and be on weight. I woke up the next day, 157 and a half. Fuck. So only had to cut two and a half pounds, but it, it took hours. Jeez. And then they want to do interviews before I've weighed in, and my mouth is so dried out I can't talk, and I'm, like, coughing, and I yeah. like can't breathe, like, just feel like shit, and I'm passing out. Like, I can't even stand up. Uh, they bring in Dana to give you your little talk and stuff, and, like, while Dana is doing his walkout, a trash truck starts backing up outside, and the beeping gets on the, like, tape, so they got to refilm it, so Dana has to leave and then pretend to be walking in for the first time. And while he's like leaving, I'm like literally like doubled over and like falling down. I want I want to stop there because we went back and watched the episode this week. I, I saw it when it aired, and like right as Dana's like, "All right, thanks guys," it cuts to like a scene of you guys, and you were just like leaned over with your shirt pulled up, and you're just like, "I'm good." Like, I mean, but even that whole first scene when he's talking to you guys, every time they cut to you, you are just like your eyes are just, like you are Ugh. not that you look horrible. I mean, so gone. You I'm look like you look skeleton. incredibly handsome, but. <laughs> yeah. You got your nice little chisel, oh, but you just man. looked bad. I felt worse. I'm uh, telling you, man. Uh, I mean, it just did not look good. And I did not fight very well. I went yeah. out there against the dude. Jeff Lentz. Yeah, Jeff Lentz just, like, elbowed me to death, you know? Yeah. Like, me and Clint counted one time while we were drinking. We're like, all right, we're going to take a sip of beer every time you get hit. Oh, we're going to take a shot every time you get elbowed. <laughs> 
Homie, we didn't make it through the first round. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so so after Dana walks out, and then uh, had you already made weight at that point? No, oh, they like, you hadn't weighed in yet. That was like the day we got there. Thursday, oh, we weighed in the next geez. day. Oh. So we wait in the next day, but you're not in the house yet. We're all just in our own hotel room, and we just got to basically chill at the Caesar or whatever palace. Caesars, yeah, maybe. Not Caesars, whatever whatever the palace station. Oh, palace station, Zufa's. yeah, that's where the Fertitta's on. Zufa's sure. stuff. So. Yeah. We're in their hotel, and, like, basically you just sit in your room. Yeah. You know, and I'm, like, ordering food and yeah. eating, trying, and then it's just going right through. Ugh. Nothing's sticking to me. Yeah. Miserable, like, could not keep anything down. It was coming out one hole or the other, and it all came out straight as liquid. It, like, <sighs> if I drank water, I was shitting. Gosh. If I ate food, I was puking and shitting. It was awful. Mm. The next day I show up, I don't do very well. And then they're like, all right, here's 40 bucks. Uh, you guys fly out tomorrow. <laughs> oh. I mean, we're in Vegas. <laughs> what does $40 yeah. get you? You know what I mean? Yeah. And then, like, I, I literally showed up with nothing. Yeah. So I got $40. And then there's this one dude who's, like, betting hundreds of dollars on every single game that's going on. I think it's baseball season going yeah. on. And he's just $1,000 rich wristwatch. He's talking about all his money. And he's flashing money, so he's got it. But it's like, man, half my eyes covered in blood. Yeah. Busted blood vessel in there. Got stitches in, like, two spots, I think. Just beat bad. Yeah. Walking around with like Jonathan or not Jonathan Brookins. Yeah, he was on that. Jonathan Brookins. Yeah, he did really well though. He uh, he was a dude I hung out with when we were doing all the fighter interviews and everything mm -hmm. for. And he kept me saying that dude is a cool ass guy. Nice, just chill, laid back. Talked yeah. about when Jose Aldo beat him up. Like yeah, just, he was cool. Yeah, but so when um. So, and for people who don't know, this is season 12, and GSP and Josh Koscheck were the coaches. So, I think one of the more infamous things about your fight, and uh, you know, I'm, you know, I'm going to, I had to, I'm sorry, I know. Um, GSP picked me, man. GSP picks you before the fight even starts. He crosses out Jeff Lentz's picture, looks over at Dana and Koscheck. He's like, this guy's winning. And I want to, I've always wanted to ask you, and I can't believe I never have. I've known you for years. What did he do? You think he picked you because of something he knew about you? Like, did he see yeah. those audition, or was it he knew? Okay, no, he knew before I got there. Actually, okay. Uh, Greg Jackson and like Klingerman had a connection, and Julie okay. Kedzie trained with us, and then went out there, and like James knew him, and he just basically said, "Hey, man, check out the tape on my guy. Mm -hmm. He's coming. I think uh, I th think he'd be a good fit for George's team. Yeah, he loves George, so yeah." You know, have him check him out. But, I, like, I was – on paper, I should have been one of the favorites to, like, sure. do well in the house that year. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, honestly, because a, a lot of us were new. It was before Michael Johnson was Michael Johnson. It right. was before, you know, any of the dudes were – Like, anybody. Cody McKenzie was on that season, but he was just kind of a – he had those Darsh chokes. I think he was. That was really all he did, you know. McKenzie but, teen or whatever. Yeah, yeah he, he named yeah. it something, but – yeah, I just always think about that GSP thing, and I'm like, oh, man. Hey, GSP's cool, man. Yeah. Yeah. The UFC made me, like, film. I, I, I don't remember exactly how I worded it, but they're like, which team would you like to be picked by? I'm like, GSP is G-O-D, man. Yeah. Like, <laughs> I want to yeah. be on the MMA gods team. Yeah. They're like, say that again. That's catchy. They like, like All right, I tried, but, like, I'm so dehydrated, I can't even <sighs> talk. And they're like, we'll get it after you get in the house. Like, yeah. Now, 
So that was, and and that was one of the seasons, and I could not remember, and I couldn't find, was that the first season that they made you fight to get into the house? Yeah, we, I didn't know of that all, was going on. I you know, know I mean? like, of all seasons, and I, I just, I, I feel like, I mean, I don't want to go down the shoulda, coulda, wouldas, but do you think, like, had you have had time to properly cut, but then again, you have to make weight like every week. So do you think even if you got in, you might have struggled to I'd, make weight anyways? I'd have not gotten back up over like 175 though. Okay. Like mm -hmm. once I hit 55 the first time, I would have like just been really careful right when I got back to the house and sure. stuff. Plus you're working out there so mm -hmm. much. Like I was training for a fight that I knew was a tough fight. So I was in shape. Yeah. But I wasn't like I would have been there at all. Right. You know, it's just different. I wasn't like I was the week leading up to going there yeah. to lose the weight. I couldn't just work out once or twice a day, right. which I was working out twice a day. But one of the workouts, a lot of times would be lifting weights and running. Mm -hmm. And after that, it was like doing that didn't count as a workout. I was getting two times of people touching me or doing mitts and everything else. Right. Technique. And then after the show, I had, like, another fight at 55. I fought Rocky. Um, then I had one other fight at 55, and my teeth were, like, loose. So I was like, I'm not cutting anymore like this. I'm done. I'm going up to 70. But I wasn't big enough to fight at 170. Yeah. So, like, Ryan Thomas and a couple other people I lost to. And then it was like, oh, shit. Well, looks like I missed my shot and got the real job. And mm -hmm. I took fights, but, like... That was back on AWS days, so mm -hmm. I was working out at 6 a.m. with Brandon, you know what yeah. I mean? Like, we really didn't have <laughs> fighters in there. God, if Brandon's your main trainer, <laughs> yeah. no wonder. He'll tell you. He'll tell you. He was better than everybody. He, he was the hardest guy to tap in the room yeah. a yeah. lot of days. We, we love Brandon. It's, been a, it's <laughs> been a minute. I, I'm not saying it is what it is. He's not He's not a fighter, you know? Right. And if you're training for fights, you got to be, like, sparring and right. fighting. And we weren't doing that. Like, yeah. I wasn't. Mm -hmm. I was just fighting because I can't give it up. How long from when taping ended to when the season premiered? How long was that gap? How many months? Uh, Like four or five, probably. And what was that like? For Man, you. It really sucked because you came home. I'm supposed to be gone for six weeks, yeah. right? And like I come back and I'm like, because you can't mm -hmm. talk about it, probably, right? Like you probably oh, signed to NDA, all and, kinds of that. Yeah. yeah. Plus, like you sign, you're signed to an actual fight contract yeah. when you show up. So like I'm thinking, hopefully I'm on the finale. Yeah. Like hopefully Dana saw enough in me in the tryouts and everything. But no, like two weeks after being home, I got a letter in the mail from the UFC saying. Here's 500 bucks. Your contract is now cut. Yeah. Like either person can pay 500 bucks to the other one and end it. Okay. I was hoping like, please let me get a yeah. fight on the thing. Nope. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And then when it aired, what was that night? Like when it aired? Cause I mean, I know, you know, everybody <sighs> knew about it and so like, you know, you're going to lose, but in my head, I'm just like, well, I'm tough as shit. Cause like I got beat on. And then I took his back, mm -hmm. and then he ends up, like, catching me in a rear naked. Like, I had a body yeah. triangle, and my legs were so jelly, I couldn't even hold him. He just spun over and started hitting me again. Yeah. But uh, in my head, I'm like, at least, like, I might look tough. You definitely look tough. Like, I got, <laughs> like, something. And then I was on TV for, like, 12 seconds, and, yeah. like, half of it's 
Josh Koscheck saying, Dan Hood got hit in the head. Yeah, yeah, that was and just like <laughs> that's I, I didn't want to, yeah, I was gonna bring of all the puns and I all know. the jokes, man. That's like yeah. the lamest. Well, I think it was just more him and the GSP stuff, and then GSP cry and so it just gave him the freedom to just like one more thing to like, oh, I got that over on GSP. Yeah, I was glad when GSP fucked him up. Yeah, yeah. bad. <laughs> Let's talk about the Rocky fight though. Yeah, that was like crazy. Yeah, and so Slater's not have very many shows at this point. You know, like his first show was me versus Shaw. That was my last fight before Tough. Mm-hmm. So like all the fights fall off of Slater's first show, and then there's only like five or six fights that first night. And I don't want to say people weren't like feeling it, but it just wasn't. It wasn't like that big of a deal. Then all of a sudden, I get kicked in the ribs, and like the whole crowd goes freaking nuts because I'm supposed to win. Yeah, and like hometown boy just got fucked up, and then like a minute later, I haven't even thrown a punch, but I catch an armbar, and like it was like, oh, so a couple months later, now Slater's got like this packed house, right? And it's not been that long from when he had his first show to then, but mm-hmm. the place is sold out. For me and Rocky, and Rocky and I have, like, a crap ton of people both. Insane. Like, one of the most, in, no, not one, like, the most insane environments, I think, ever. There's, like, 1,250 people or something crammed <sighs> into the Joe Hanning, whatever it is now. And uh, it was nuts because, man, I sold, like, 300 tickets myself, like, handed them out, yeah. 300. Not even just how many people bought them to watch me. And Rocky's fans were louder than mine for half the fight, you know? It's because he's got the Rocky, right? I mean, it's just easy. Rocky, it sounds Rocky, good. Yeah. Non-stop. <laughs> and, like, I wasn't doing that good. I did all right at the beginning of the first round. I got a takedown. Yeah. Then when we were standing, I was, like, flat, not really getting off very good, just kind of winging stuff and going for takedowns. And he was ending up on top and just beat me up in guard. Mm-hmm. Not, like, anything terrible, but he's he's – Anderson Silva versus Chael Sonnen, you know yeah. what I mean? Yeah. If he lasts for two more minutes without getting caught, he wins. There's yeah. no no round that was even really that close. So it was insane, man. The finish. The Hail yeah. the Hail Mary. I've been trying to set it up the whole fight and you know, part of being slippery made it easier to slide up. And part of it was just like I went back to the corner, and I got, the, like, the warrior speech before the movie even came out. Yeah. If you don't win this fight, you ain't got a home to go home to. Because I just <laughs> had to tell my apartment complex, look, I fight next Saturday, and you'll get – because I was, like, five months – or five weeks behind. Mm-hmm. So I am two months rent at the same time, and I got a winner-take-all fight. Like, he's like, you don't win. You got no apartment. Yeah. Like, do something. Homie. Yeah. Like, you got a baby on the way. And he's, like, doing, like, six weeks, right? So, like, shit. So I get up and I go. And I'm like, I can't lose. Yeah. And we won. And then my baby was born five weeks early because of all the stress of that fight, I think. And all yeah, I just, bet. It's how crazy life was at the time. Yeah. But, yeah, I got the win. It was good. Rocky's a cool dude. It's tough, awesome. Tough as nails. I got. I, I needed that money. So Yeah. <laughs> and now you guys do commentary together on the – Coliseum yeah. combats. Yeah, we even were talking on the commentary about how we were never going to do it again, and we're old. And then yeah. just one offhand comment about Matt made that dumb post where he's talking crap about his dad, and it pissed me off. And I just said, I'd like to hit him in the mouth. Yeah. And then it turned into this. <laughs> yeah. How uh, difficult has it been 
dealing with people at your job and just around town when you have like that kind of local celebrity as a fighter i mean you know you go out to bars everybody thinks they're a tough guy and they can beat up the fighter or everybody wants to talk to you about ufc stuff and fights like how do you deal with that or how have you i mean it is what it is it's not bad now compared to what it used to be yeah used to be really obnoxious and everybody, the the most annoying thing about being a fighter is everybody tells you about their bar fights, you know? Yeah. Everybody's got some bullcrap story they got to tell you about how they whooped three dudes. Dude, Tank Abbott, that guy, that's like me. <laughs> Dude, 97, I fought cabbage. <laughs> and then there's a lot of people like, oh, it wasn't really a thing back when I was, like, fighting or I would have got into it. Oh, there's yeah. a whole lot of old dudes that say that. And it's yeah. like, yeah. Cool. Boxing was a thing too, and you didn't box, so I yeah. want to hear it. Yeah. <laughs> People that want to fight, fight, fight. You're, right. Yeah. And you're so. over here like it sucks anyways, so you yeah. should you, should, you wouldn't have done it. <laughs> yeah. See this? See this? Yeah. That's awesome. What um I know like one thing, like kind of as we're right before we wrap up that I wanted to ask is what do you think the dad bod would tell the honey badger now? Could be about life, could be about fighting. Uh. What do you think the dad bod would say to the honey badger? Man, you tell him to never give a fuck. Yeah. Because that's where life started going bad. Like my fighting career went south when I started caring. Mm -hmm. I didn't care about wins and losses because I knew I was going to win. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. When, you, when you care, things aren't the way they're supposed to be. I mean, obviously, you got to care about stuff. But like really, not, not really. Mm -hmm. Like there doesn't have to be any emotion behind it. Be just this analytical robot that is like letting you get everything you want out of life because kind of it worked that way. Mm -hmm. And then when emotion comes into it, I don't handle emotion well, and that's when I fuck everything up, you know. Yeah. Might as well hand me a grenade when you make me all emotional because, yeah. like, I'm going to blow up something. Like, yeah. It's <laughs> <laughs> yeah. good. It doesn't go well. So, yeah, I just tell them, like, just remember, nothing matters. Yeah. At the end of the day, every time I've lost – the fuck would it matter if I won that fight right now? I'd still be sitting here with you, short of the ultimate fighter fight. Sure. Maybe if I get in the house, I don't end up working at Chrysler, but I don't think it would have been better for my life. Yeah. I think my trajectory has got me to where I'm at. I'm a pretty decent dad, and that's kind of like all that I care about. Mm -hmm. I'm not like the best employee because I got attendance issues, but like <laughs> when I show up, I do my job, and my bosses all like me. So I can really confirm. Care, you know can I mean? confirm. Bosses showed up to the fights, too, sometimes. Yeah, like, yeah. I mean, it's cool. Yeah. I'm not, like, a terrible person, and I just think that's good enough. Animals and babies like me, so I must be doing something right. Boom. That's what Damn. everybody says. You got to get the dogs to like you. Yeah. Go ahead. No, you're good. Oh, you just you walked out for a minute. I didn't know if you had anything no, else. Okay. I just want to know how it feels to have the absolute best merch in all of MMA. <laughs> like, that's yeah. the one thing. Like, outside of even, like, if you make it onto the, into the house and you win and you make it in the UFC – that merch would have went crazy. Yeah, it would have been. Oh, I would have made more money on that than I would yeah, have on my fight. Oh, yeah. You'd be like the Paige Van Sant. It wouldn't be because of other things. It's because of your merch. <laughs> I can say, I actually, I should have worn my, my shirt today, but I loved when you put the black belt around the heart because when it was just the heart and walking around with the I heart head. You, you got that from Spencer's, yeah. didn't you? <laughs> you get a lot yeah. less looks with the black belt around the heart. Man, I had people on vacation on spring break in Florida send me pictures of people that were in Florida wearing my shirt on That's spring awesome. break. And they're not from Indiana. Mm -hmm. wow. They bought my shirts in Ohio. Like Really? Uh, Stipe Miocic, like, really loved my shirts. We fought on the same card back really? in NAAFS a long time ago. And nice. Like... 
He loved it. He thought it was so cool. We took a picture together. I didn't know who the hell he was going to be, or I'd have probably <laughs> saved that phone like when I broke it and right. tried to get the pictures. But That's crazy. Brandon was going to ask a question, and I tried to set him up for it, and he won't do it. But we were going to ask about your football days. Oh, I totally forgot about that. The well, I, I wanted I, to hear the answer because I didn't even know. Yeah, I didn't know either. Yeah. And so talk about what you had mentioned going you, into Ball State, right? Yeah, you, yeah college is crazy. So... Don't don't D1, undersell how good right? you were either. I was good. I okay. was good at football. Okay. I was better at football <laughs> than I was at wrestling. Okay. So like senior year of high school, I like I don't even know. I averaged like twenty five tackles a game. Mm-hmm. Sounds stupid, but like I was everywhere. Yeah. And I was fast and big. Like safety. Two hundred fifteen pounds. I played free safety and like middle linebacker. Yeah. And basically, we had a couple other studs on the team, but we went to a small enough school that you got four good people. So you got like some stud D end on this side. You got an opposite outside linebacker as a stud. Our middle linebacker was a monster, and then I was a monster of safety. And everybody else, you put what you got. Mm-hmm. And we were okay. But, man, we were murdering some people. Just like <laughs> the ones that were good, we played against small schools too. So yeah. We were, we just, that was my, I, I was supposed to get the ball. So I'm Bob Sander and Sanders and people just laying them out murder and well, I imagine dude coming across the middle on this guy <laughs> no was some of this old man no <laughs> it was i was big too because like i was like 215 yeah abs and everything because you're young Jeez. what was that 40 time dog four four eight was my fastest and then i had to have ankle surgery and i never cracked four seven again jesus yeah like john that's lynch a, well that's how that would be on up. my like instagram bio yeah. well that's rent a four four yeah uh, four five eight. Oh, you, you still. still no 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 no. Your white safety. That's good. Let's stop real quick. That's really good. I run a sixteen. I said four four eight. <laughs> I never ran a four four. That's ridiculous. Uh, four five eight. But that's what got me like looked at. Sure. Right. I was at this camp at Ball State, and they're like, "Hey man, so you got grades that are good. You got a bomb SAT score. Let's go. Hey, we'll give you half academic and like get you on our football team, and give you this other you know room and board and everything will be from football." bet yeah and then you get there and like i'm not fast anymore right there's a big difference between four five eight and four seven five sure mm-hmm. i'm no longer d1 speed yeah and i wasn't 215 pounds yoked anymore i was 200 pounds yoked mm. big this difference post, like the ankle yeah yeah mm-hmm. this is, that was after my senior year of wrestling and everything where i was wrestling at like 171 so mm-hmm. i'd never i'd never put it all back on mm. and ball state was just kind of like hey man no <laughs> yeah <laughs> not no more sorry <laughs> that's, that's kind of how it went and then like when you got academic scholarships they don't really take kindly to fail in three classes your first semester because sure. yeah. you never went yeah if they had attendance policy big old f yeah i love it well we I, hit oh go ahead i got one more yeah so just you because you talked a lot about the jujitsu that's kind of a big part of your mma journey you got your black belt somewhat recently right it's been like three years ago now. Three, three, yeah. really? Wow. Okay. It doesn't seem like three years. It doesn't. So, just wrote, was that like for you? Was that like a real big moment for you because you've been in the game for so long, or was it just when you? Because I'm just a blue belt, but when you get to that point, it's just like ah, it's another belt, or was it kind uh, of like a, an achievement for you? What, what was it like? I got my black belt because I made James give J- or Jacob a brown. <laughs> <laughs> James, well, if I do James this, is I gotta... waiting on me to show up at his gym. Sure. You know what I mean? Like, he, I haven't been down there and trained with him in ages. I went down there and hung out 
yeah a couple times but i've never actually went to the gym and like worked out really and when i would it was like when i was leading up to a fight or something i'd show up a couple times just kind of like to stop by the mothership and say hey and get new looks on the ground sure but yeah i called james up and was like you got to give jacob his brown belt like now and he's like i'm not giving him a brown while you're a brown and i was like man that's on you i don't care Mm-hmm. Jacob is too good to be wearing a purple and teaching classes anymore. Mm-hmm. Like he's he's a great coach. He's a great, you know, dude. He needs promoted. And then James basically was like, "All right, come get your black and mm-hmm. give him his brown." Easy as that. <laughs> and it was like awesome. It's super. I don't know. Everybody's got like these big speeches and everything when they're getting them, and I, I was kind of like, "Yeah." Uh, I got choked a lot, and I choked out a lot of people. <laughs> this is kind of fucking cool. <laughs> I appreciate it. Yeah. But but inside, it felt good, though, right? No, it's a great feeling. Yeah. Now it's kind of like one of those things that sucks, because like if you show up on a gi day, and you're mm-hmm. out of shape, oh. everybody's going to Dude. kill you, and you're just like, you're actually, I'm thinking I'm going to wear my purple tonight. Dude. And <laughs> Gaha classes are huge, so it's like I'll show up, and like everybody's like, oh, this is Dan, and nobody knows me, but they know me. He's a black belt. <laughs> yeah. Like everybody's like, hey, man, I've been watching you fight forever since I was like real young because they're like 22 years old. Yeah. So I've been fighting since they were like nine. Right. Yeah. It's just like, well, he's our sensei. Yeah. <laughs> now I get to fight my hero. Yeah. <laughs> I'm going to tell my dad about this. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, well, I can confirm you are not a fun role. So. Uh, it's I'm you're, still you're, a black belt. Yeah, man. you're you're very you're very, very much, much a black. A black you're very yeah. much a black. And belt. I'm in better shape than I was a couple weeks ago. So it's only getting worse. You know? Yeah. <laughs> John, let's hit Dan with our rapid fire. Right, this is gonna be fun. I just come up okay. with the random stuff. And for the first time, I was telling them a lot of times when we've done stuff with MMA fighters, they weren't necessarily big UFC fans. Once they started training, they kind of just became about that, and they weren't fans. So I get to dip into my uh, UFC stuff for this one. So <laughs> we're going to start off. Would you rather be able to talk to animals or ghosts? Animals. Nice. Mm, me too. Would you rather have Chuck Liddell's punching power or Crow Crop's head kicks? Crow Crop head kick. I feel like it'd be Chuck Norris's now, though. Oh, yeah. <laughs> if I would have known that story. <laughs> uh, skateboard or Razor scooters? I'd rather skateboard than a Razor. Nice. Is it better to win in your hometown or your opponent's hometown? Ooh. Opponents. Yeah. It's kind of a cool feeling. Yeah. And, like, fighting in your hometown is just nerve-wracking because oh, everybody expects you to win. Yeah, I bet. What's your favorite restaurant or store that's no longer, like, open? Speece. Yeah. Ooh, the white polar bear. Yes. Gosh. Yeah. As I was forming that question, I was like, if I get asked that, that's what I'm saying. They had that rim around yes. in the back. It was the, a cool store. It was the coolest. Yeah. We would go to Discovery Zone, and then we, when we were done at Discovery Zone, we'd go next door to yeah. Spice. I got my Sean Kemp's when I was, like, in third grade from there. Yes. Yeah. I love that. Okay, would you rather, if you get to rewrite your whole history, or, I mean, even this part of this could be still, would you rather be a UFC champ or a ninth-degree black belt in jiu-jitsu? UFC champ. Yeah. Nice. DC or Marvel? Marvel. Yeah. I knew Easy Marvel. Right. I just had to at least give it a try. Who hey. says DC? That's what I want. There's certain people. Silly people. Damien's a big Batman guy. It's true. Uh, He's a poor man, Tony Stark. Don't even <laughs> give me Stark. <laughs> Hot take. Yeah. I think this one will be interesting. Who wins in a fight? 10th fight, Dan Head, or 20th fight, Dan Head? 20th fight, Dan Head. A lot more. Yeah. Well-rounded. Uh, I was still good when I... 20th fight, Dan Head, was Ultimate Fighter, Dan Head. Tenth fight, Dan Head was just a crappier version of him. Nice. Now you want to talk about twentieth fight, Dan versus Dan now? Shit, like that old <laughs> me was so crazy. I could probably tap him, mm-hmm. 
But I don't know. You yeah. put him to sleep, maybe? <laughs> yeah, 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 I, I would have had to put, put, put him to sleep. Put him to sleep. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Back then, I wasn't about ready to tap. Yeah. All right, last two. And these are probably two of the bigger ones. Would you rather know all the secrets of the ocean or space? Oh, wow. That's really easy for me. Really? Yeah. It's not for me. Think about how much bigger space is. But think okay. about how much they yeah, say we, we the know thing. less if about I the ocean. If I say space and then I find out there are no secrets, like... Yeah. That would really suck. What if it just same thing can happen with the ocean? What but if it I'm gets to the Milky Way and it's big, 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 fair big, enough? All right, chance. I'm gonna say space just because like but you live on Earth <laughs> and cool. we don't know yeah. anything about the ocean. Who I know cares? it's scary. It's it in is. proximity. Maybe though. it's just like a bunch of portals to the other end of space. Hollow Earth. We don't know. <laughs> then you get two birds with one stone. <laughs> Give me some. Yeah. <laughs> and then the last one's a fun one. Is if you could be in a bromance like Darren Till and Hamzat have, which UFC fighter, past or present, would you want to bro out with? I could see you and Heath Herring just having a really good time at a bar. That's all I'm no saying. Way, no, no way, no way. If I'm a, if I get to pick anybody, it's not going to be somebody. I could probably drive to his hometown and just yeah, chill. That's true. <laughs> not GSP either. I don't. I don't. BJ, man. I feel like Whoa. you and Mike. Yes. Yeah. Gosh. I just like a you prime like prime BJ you seemed like just the most chill like. Not really humble, dude, but yeah. he was like fun. But you two out in Vegas, I want dude, that. Video. Like, living it. You two in a bar. <laughs> yeah. I'm not traveling with, but I'll like walk in the door. And I mean, like uh, Connor and John Jones would be kind of fun. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I'd probably here's, be in jail, but yeah. here's my submission. And it's only because I know how you get when you get a little bit of liquor and you, you turn into the freestyle king. Ooh. You and Bryce Mitchell. Oh, oh you're just freestyling. That is a good one. I, okay. Yeah. Honestly, like, if somebody's like, all right, pick a UFC fighter and go train with them for like six months and then go have a fight. Mm-hmm. And, mm-hmm. But that's all you got to do for six months. I'd go live with him and do what he's doing. Yeah, out there in Arkansas. Yeah. Or Donald Cerrone, just like where you're just secluded from everything mm-hmm. in the world. Like, those yeah. dudes got it figured out. It's true. Yeah. Like, it's a really good life, but yeah, you and Bryce Mitchell freestyling. Yeah, that'd be fun. That would be amazing. I still have the Snapchat of you and Mark Neff battling at Elbow Room. <laughs> oh, so. That was after a fight, wasn't oh, it? Oh, yeah. Yeah, I remember that. That's, That's awesome. Well, Dan, man, we can't thank you enough, dude. You're the first black belt we've ever had on here, too, just so Aww. you know. I was going to put that in the thing in the intro, I forgot, but... Uh, Dude, you're welcome back anytime. We love you. Yeah, yeah we no, love you. This was fun. Thank you for your time, and you got to go to work, and then you got to fight to get ready for yeah. So this Saturday busy week. Busy week. Um, do you what do you how can people get a hold of you, man? Like social media stuff. Um I know you're on Facebook. I'm not checking it all the time, but if you send me a message on Facebook, I'll I'm pretty quick to get back to it. Two one oh romp if you really need to text me, but I don't answer those either. Okay. <laughs> I mean, honestly, if somebody needs a ticket to the fight, hit me up and I got some general admission or just order them online. Catch your name uh, in there. No, don't even put my name in there. Toss in Kyle Thomason or Jaden Gowdy, one of the amateur dudes. I get paid a little bit of scratch for fighting, so. Chivalry's not dead. Help out them young kids, man. There it is. Um, if you need an I Love Head shirt, get with, like, Kirsten Slater. She can probably throw one together for you. Okay. I'm not really selling them anymore and doing that. Okay. I accidentally donated all the ones I had from my last fight to Goodwill. <laughs> well, you thought you were retired, so. Dude. Yeah. Yeah, when I when I was moving and stuff, I had this bag of shirts, and it somehow got mixed in with Goodwill, I guess. Oh so no! There's probably like a hundred I love head shirts. Well, I will Goodwill. be at Goodwill tomorrow. I can confirm <laughs> that. <laughs> you can hit me up for the. <laughs> no, uh, but seriously, man, thank you. This Saturday, April second, Dan Head headlining Coliseum Combat Fifty Nine in Lafayette, Indiana. Dan, love you, man. 
Love you. you. We'll Thank see, you. We'll see you later, dude. Oh, my God.